All right. Good night, everybody. How are you doing? Good night. Oh, what's up? You're going to throw off my intro like that. All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Cover 4 with the guys. My name is Nick. I got a couple co-hosts with me. I got Marquise, Terrence. Marquise, how you doing tonight? You know, good. Got this new Buffalo jersey up there. I know y'all see that, John. Diggs. Yep, yep. Terrence, how you doing tonight? Man, I feel good, you know, through my own personal throwback on the night. That's a flex. That's a flex. Never like to show off the jerseys. I got Steve Nash. Uh, you know, Phoenix been going crazy in the playoffs, so I wanted to give some respect to Phoenix. Sons and uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, bro, that dude was going crazy. The premonition. Um, so tonight we got the NFC North. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. You know, there's a lot of drama going on in the division, a lot of new faces, a lot of things going on. Uh, probably one of the more competitive divisions outside the top, depending on how everything goes. Terrence, uh, I'm going to start with you. How, who do you think is going to win the division and give us a record breakdown? So, this is a big, you know, stipulation. Yep. I think yeah, I know where you're going. Playing. I think he only ended up playing. But Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is going to be a, a big factor. But I got the pack winning the division going 11 and 6. I got the Vikings right behind them going 10 and 7, Bears at 7 and 10, Lions at 4 and 13. Um, and like I said, I feel like Aaron Rodgers will end up playing this season. Maybe he doesn't come back through minicamp, but I mean, ultimately, he's going to end up playing. Um, Vikings going 10 and 7. I mean, offense is lethal, but still got Kirk Cousins under center. Um, the Bears, I feel like I give them seven wins, just being that. Gonna give Justin Fields some growing pains. I feel like he's might have a pretty good season, but you know, might have a little growing pains. Jared Goff is just a uh, dumpster juice. We ain't even gonna talk about it. <laughs> All right. So you don't you don't believe in the Jared Goff hype? Man, he right. dumpster juice. He's trying. All right, Marquis. So who who do you got winning the division? Well, I think it's real easy. It's cut dry. I got the pack. I got him ten and seven. Rogers plays. Without Rogers. Ten and seven with. Rod- 10-7 with Rodgers, 10-7 without Rodgers. Okay. Because I Damn, feel like so it, doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. Look, check me out um, before we even dive into that. I, their defense is good. Yep. Their weapons on offense, they lost their Pro Bowl center, but they still have Aaron Jones and still have Devontae Adams. Yep. And they have Tanya. And so, they got Jenkins, the center that they have stepping in as a pretty decent center. Exactly. Now and AJ Dillon is going to be the backup too now that um, well, Williams is gone. Yeah, Jamal Williams is yeah. gone. So, so AJ I, Dillon, that's a big dude, too. Exactly. I feel like he can step into that with Matt LaFleur, and Matt LaFleur could get a free rush, like a restart instead of with a fresh quarterback and do something. So I'm I'm saying ten, if he takes over, they can get 10 to 7, but they ain't winning in the playoffs like that. They might get nah. a game and then that's it. So you think all right, so you think the Rogers difference will show up more so in the playoffs than the regular. Oh, 100 percent hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. So I got them ten and seven. I got the Bears nine and eight. Uh they finished second last year with mm. what's his face? Mr. Bissett. Okay. Uh, and then I got the Vikes. They had Nick, they had Nick, exactly. they had Nick yeah. Foles for a little bit. I got the Vikes going eight and nine. And I got and people forget Nick Foles played good. Was it that Bucks game early on? He's one of those, yeah, he's one of those guys that can uh I, obviously the big moment doesn't scare him because he had to step into yeah. the playoffs and, and take off for him won a Super Bowl. So he's yeah, streaky. Then, he's definitely streaky as a quarterback, but when it matters, he can play. Yeah, and then I got the Lions going four four or thirteen, like my cousin said. Hey, okay. they're gonna do what they do. All right. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of did like what Terrence did. Um I got a with Rodgers versus without Rodgers. 
and mine's probably the biggest discrepancy here. So I, I really believe in Aaron Rodgers. I think that he, you know, his the reason why I don't take the drama into consideration with his play is because his issues with the front office, not with the team. So obviously him and Matt LaFleur have a rhythm going. Obviously they both choked in the biggest moment last year with that one play. Aaron could have ran on that uh, that final play, probably could have got a touchdown, and Matt LaFleur should have let him go for it on fourth down. Um, so both of them choked in their biggest moment, but I think they got a rhythm going. That offense is ridiculous. Um, I got the Packers with Aaron Rodgers going fourteen and three. So, Ooh, look at hey, did you see their you see their division or their before the yeah, bye? Yeah. Who they play? Oh, well, well, no, no, no. I, and I hear you one hundred percent. No, no. And and when I say fourteen and three, that's because and I'll admit my bias. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback of all time. So I really do think he makes that difference. So I'll, I'll even give a range. So I'll go from eleven and six all the way up to fourteen and three, depending on how some of those games go. Because they got t- everyone in this division's got a tough. Schedule. Hey, I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. That Packers schedule from like the rough. end it's on rough. is yeah, dangerous. So all, all <laughs> and everyone, and that's even going down to the sorry ass. Lions, they all got a, uh, got a hard <laughs> schedule. Um, so I got the Packers going 14-3, and that's why Marquise, what you just said, if he's not there, I got them going 4-13. and 13. Because as good as that team is top to bottom, they could probably squeeze in a few more wins than four. But I, I don't believe in Jordan Love, and I definitely don't believe in Blake Bortles. If, if the front no. office themselves don't believe in Jordan Love, and we've already seen what we've gotten from Blake Bortles in the past, I really don't believe in that. And I believe even though the defense is good, the offense is really what makes this team turn. And if you don't have a reliable quarterback, it's easy to shut down Aaron Jones. And unfortunately for the receiver position, you are relying on that quarterback. I could see that kind of a turnaround. Um, I got the Bears going 5-12. and 12. So listen to me. As much as they did great during the back portion of last year, once they were able to move on to Mitchell Trubisky, talking about the Packers schedule, listen, listen from week six, what they got to go through. This is their, from week six on, they got to go Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Pittsburgh. They got to buy and then the Ravens. So they, if that, and we're talking about a timetable for when they'll probably move on to uh, Justin Fields if they don't start with him on the year. I really don't like that look for him going forward. Uh, I got the Vikings going seven and 10. Kirk Cousins is like a Matt Ryan to me. He's middle of the road. He's upper echelon of middle of the road. He's nothing that'll get you to the Super Bowl, but he's not going to make you mad with his numbers. I think he had 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions on the year. On the stat board, he looks great, but we know from the eye test he's not that it quarterback that you need. And then I I hate – for any Detroit fans we got, I got y'all going going 13 – three and 14. I mean, y'all are sorry. I don't believe in – Jared Goff either. I hope he proves me wrong. You know, if, if he's not a system quarterback, by all means, but I just don't believe the hype. And y'all got a terrible schedule this year. It's going to be ridiculously hard. Hey, I like it. I like it. I, like it. I mean, I, I can get down with that for sure. I can get down with that. Yeah. So, you know, I, this is one of those divisions that I think will be really interesting for a, a multitude of factors. The drama that goes into it. We got new quarterbacks and new faces. We got Justin Fields. Everyone's going to be dying to see him. Whether or not he'll start week one, we don't know. But at some point, we will see him this year, right? And uh, we want to see how well he goes. But I almost, for Justin Fields, I almost wish he wouldn't play this year because of how hard the schedule is. Now, by all means, if he's one of those dudes that really has it and he can just step in and tear up, by all means, put him in there. But, I mean, a treacherous middle of the schedule where he'll probably enter the league with Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Pittsburgh, and Ravens, that is no fun for anybody. I mean, honestly, 
I think just like speaking on Justin Fields, like his ability to extend plays, his just like that it factor, that X factor yeah. I feel like over Andy Dalton. Like, yeah. for me, honestly, I don't think there's no competition there. Uh, the only, the biggest gap there is experience. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, honestly, just as a whole, honestly, I would, me personally, I'm taking Justin Fields over Andy Dalton any day. And I'm oh, no, no. I, I agree with you. I, I think, we, in Marquise, you agree, correct? Yeah, but like I said uh, earlier, like from the last couple of episodes, I don't mean because you all think, but week nine, week nine is when he's going to start. Do you think week nine? Okay, I'll Remember against that. the Steelers. The that, Steelers, okay. The Steelers going to play for Andy, that. and Fields going to go out there, and I feel like Fields is going to sneak a win on him. You want no, to I, I think it was that. My, my issue is if it comes before week six, the reason why is, like I said, because that's when that schedule gets crazy. I can get with that because Pittsburgh's defense is good. As overrated as they were last year, I think it was more so their offense. You know, Clayton uh, Claypool, he looked like one of the best receivers in the league all year. We knew that wasn't true. Their offense looked like a well-oiled machine. We knew that wasn't true. The defense is no question. I think everyone can agree the Pittsburgh defense is legit. But that offense was in question going into the playoffs, and we saw they were not legit. After that, so I think you know if you're talking about entering with Pittsburgh, give them a defensive test, give them that bye week, which is right after that, to reevaluate, see what's going forward, and then test the Ravens, and then it gets a little bit easier to end the season. I like that move, but y'all probably gonna think I'm crazy, honestly, because honestly, I got <laughs> I got Justin Fields starting week one, and, and I'd be cool with. I'd actually looking at the schedule. So at first, I agree with Marquise, but after looking at the schedule, if you're gonna start. Justin Fields, you might want to go out the gates because the schedule only gets harder the, the longer the year goes on. Yeah, I got Justin Fields out the gate. And for me, I just feel like he gives you a different fit. I feel like he brings a different yep. dynamic to the team. Yep. And against those better defenses, I feel like he should thrive because he has his legs. He has his yep. uh, big play ability. I feel like, he, you know, that mobility would definitely help out against the better defenses, honestly. And then you think about it. He's going against that Bears defense every day. You, you telling me that's going to make him better? I, I like your, I like your I think, you know, him from whether it's from like an accuracy standpoint, mobility standpoint, just like I said in a previous episode, I feel like he's a Cam 2.0, honestly, because I feel like he can do everything Cam can do and better simply based off of the arm talent. I feel like his arm talent is better than Cam's. So I feel like, I mean, hopefully we see him very productive and we'll see who's going to be right in regards to what timeline he starts, but I, I'm going to straight out the game. That's what I'm I, I can't wait for the season, too, because, yeah, there's a lot that can go on. Marquise, what do you think about maybe starting him a little bit early? Because, like you said, I do like your week nine idea, but with how rough the middle of this schedule is for Chicago, do you think it might be more beneficial to start him week one or give Andy Dalton some reps and then see where Justin Fields goes from there? Uh, to me, I think you guys make a valid point of like starting him early. I get it. I think he he could be dynamic in that offense. You got between uh between Robinson, you got the tight end, the rookie they had last year. I think they brought back Jimmy Graham. You got Darnell Mooney, burner. You got uh Montgomery at running back. There's assets to make this move, and your defense is dominant. I just feel like Chicago shot themselves in the foot when they named Andy the starter when they signed him. And I feel like, and then you, in turn, you shot yourself in the foot because yeah. you named him the starter, and then you gave up everything to get fields, like those those draft picks and stuff, and swapping them. So now it's like, okay, well, we went, out, we chased the dude we wanted, and then we signed this dude, and we told him he was going to be the starter. Now what? I feel like, 
Huh? I mean, honestly, at this point, I think they're going to just, this is going to be from them like a decision that's like, well, at this point, we don't care. Like, we I made feel, Yeah. I feel like reason. they're ass backwards and yeah. they're going to start Andy. Now, well, I think it's more of a respect. I think, I think it's like you kind of, you went out in the offseason, you said, he's a right, bet. You said he's going to get it. Let, let's, I think Andy, as sorry as Andy Dalton, let's all admit, as sorry as he looked last year, and he looked sorry last year. I think Andy Dalton's career has kind of earned himself one fluke year because when he was with the Bengals, although they couldn't do anything in the playoffs, he was a pretty solid starter. So at the very least, he's a competent backup, right? So I think that's what Matt Nagy's thinking is, let's give him the shot. Let's at least give him something he deserves. I think they're going to give him a couple games. I think give him a couple games games just off of the respect of his career. Everyone's going to be hankering. Now, now the, what I hate for him is that the pressure is going to be unlimited because, you know, the Chicago fans are like, we know Andy Dalton is not our future. We want to see Justin Fields today. So he's yeah, going to have sure. to perform. Um, and if he doesn't, you know, I hope that uh, Justin Fields is ready to go. But, you know, Terrence, I feel like you make a great point because at the end of the day, if you're going to get Justin Fields in this year, it's got to be early because once you get into the heart of the season, it's, no one wants it. I don't care how, how deep you are as a vet. You don't want to face that schedule that they got. Going yeah, forward. honestly, I feel like they might see enough from him early, you know, to just give him the nudge. And at the end of the day, you have his receivers, you know, coming out saying, first pass from him, I was smiling. So yeah. they're not coming out endorsing, you know, uh, Andy Dalton the same way. They didn't embrace him the same way. They're, you know, even guys on the defense. Now we got to quarterback. They didn't say that when Andy Dalton got there. So Pre- preseason gonna be the test for him. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That's when Pre- he's gonna get to get to learn a little bit and see where he is. And obviously, you know, the team's gonna be looking to see what's gonna go. Um, so what do we th- let's let's just throw a scenario out there. Let's say week one, he does get to start. So they get the Los Angeles Rams week one. <laughs> that's a tough defense week one. Let's just say that's what happens. What do we think he get he gets the Rams week one, which is a horrible test for anybody, right? Regardless of who you are. I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers or you're Justin Fields, it's a terrible test. But then week two, you get the Cincinnati Bengals, which is probably one of the better tests that you can get. But it, that's a weird scenario because what if Andy doesn't play as bad as we think he would against that Rams defense and he does average? Then it's like, why would we pull him to go play the Bengals and that's his old team and he could annihilate them? And I hate to be this guy because I agree with you. I think like one would be good, but let's just assume Justin Fields is the starter. Matt Nagy feels comfortable. He's seen everything that he wants to see. From he he take study. he taking a step back against that Rams. Yes. So you okay? So you say step back. Ramsey taking a pick to the house and he gets sacked I three hate times. It because I, I want to see a quarterback get some rhythm. So listen, this is the schedule. So you get the Rams, which is tough. You get the Bengals, which could be easy. You get the Browns, which would be tough. And then you get Detroit, which could be easy. So it's like you can see an up and down from either quarterback. It exactly. Who's playing. And you can't so get a good judge. I feel bad for the Browns this year. I feel like they're in a bad situation because regardless of who you start, it's going to be up and down for anybody. Uh, Terrence, what do you think? I mean, honestly, I think – like you say, like, I feel like they might give Andy Dalton, you know, the, the start just based off of, like, what we've been talking about. But I feel like he's going to be on a short lease because at the end of the day, like you said, we went up and we got Justin Fields because we, he's our guy, he's our franchise guy. And, you know, everybody else is supporting him, just like, you know, Jalen Hurts coming in with the Eagles, everybody, you know, rallying around him. And I feel like 
if that's the same thing in Chicago, I feel like Andy Dalton starts to play bad, no matter it's week one, week two, week three, he's getting pulled, I think. Okay. That's what I think. Okay, so Terrence, now let me ask you this. So obviously we know Chicago, since their inception, has been built off the defense. You can go all the way back to Dick, Dick Buckus, the 85 yeah. Bears. You can go all the and now modern-day heroes like Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Do you think the defense will be enough to cover the mistakes of, regardless of the quarterback, whether it be Andy Dalton, or Justin Fields, do you think the defense could save either one of them? I mean, it's it's tough. But at the end of the day, if they go back to that defense from, what, two years ago? Yes. Okay. But, I mean, they took a little drop-off last year, I believe. But, I mean, if they can get back to that hard-nosed football, I can see it because they've done it with, with Trubisky. And I feel like maybe even like last year, being with Nick Foles, being with Trubisky, seeing how we keep putting y'all in a position to win the game. And, and you're not pulling the trigger, yeah. So it's like every time I feel like that's like deflating them, less motivation because we know we're not going to win because the offense is not going to do anything. So How about, how about you, Marquise? Uh, I like they'll be more, more motivated, honestly, if they get yeah. fresh face, Justin Fields, and, you know, he starts balling out, they're going to rally around him, honestly, I think so. I agree. Uh, Marquise, what do you think? Uh, do you think the defense is enough this year to cover the, mis- the mistakes, whether it be Justin Fields or Andy Dalton? Yeah, uh, to me, I, I'm going to kind of nail uh, Terrence in the coffin with this one. Their oh, yeah. defense was fifth last year. Oh, even with injuries. No, it was the year before, wasn't it? No, last before. year was fifth, right? So they were fifth. Pro football focus, they were fifth. So if you look at it, they were fifth, and they lost Kendall Fuller at corner. I feel like that is going to be – or, no, they lost Kyle. Kendall plays – they're brothers. One plays Washington and one plays for the Broncos now. But It might have been the year before that they took the drop. They took the drop because they were like 20-something, I believe. Yeah, it's Kyle. It's Kyle. That was Kyle. It was Kyle Fuller that was on the Bears last year. He's gone now. He plays on the Broncos, right? So now their corner department is looking light. And Eddie Jackson, I think he's an animal at safety, but he had a kind of a down year, right? So now the back half of their defense is going to be kind of – shaky their their linebackers Rokon Smith Danny uh Trebatham Khalil Mack Akeem Hicks like Eddie Goldman their defense their front seven is immaculate they'll be fine but I just feel like the secondary is gonna with you know you got the Vikings with a dominant core Devontae Adams you know it's gonna get challenged faithfully I feel like now and I don't I don't know it's just I think defense is going to do good like they always do, but they might regress to be, like, top 10 instead of top five, which is still great. Okay. So, moving on. So, you know, we got a lot of quarterback talk to go through. This this is probably the most interesting division when it comes to quarterbacks. So, the newest face besides Justin Fields, someone that we've got some game tape on in the NFL, is Jared Goff um, stepping into a new place. So, we saw he's been great with Sean McVay. The biggest question is, is he a system quarterback or can he really take over? Obviously, he has a terrible situation, I hate to say it, in <laughs> Detroit because you, even with how sorry Detroit has been over the last couple of years, you also lose your best target in Kenny Galladay to the Giants. Both targets. Um, both targets, actually. So you, Marvin Jones. <laughs> your starting receivers are Rashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams and Khalif Raymond, who the casual fan does not even probably know these people's names. 
Uh, oh, uh, trust me. I know who Bashar Perryman is. No, no, I, I'm saying Casper. <laughs> we do this. We do this. We know these people. But I'm not saying Casper fan doesn't even know these people's names. And then you got TJ Hawkerson as your tight end, who's a good tight end. No, no doubt. Probably an underrated tight end. Uh, you also get Penny yeah. Sewell in the draft. What do we think, Marquise? I'll let you start off. What are we going to do with Jared Goff this year? Because Tim Boyle is your backup. So you don't really have anything coming from you on the backup. You got Green Bay, who is struggling for quarterbacks, gave up Tim Boyle to the Giants or to the uh, Detroit Lions. Well, what are we doing with Jared Goff this year, his first year in Detroit? So to me, they got um, they got this coach that's confident on like biting people's kneecaps. They're going to claw people's kneecaps or whatever he's been talking about. Sounds ridiculous for a bunch of grown men. But to me, I don't – I honestly don't think golf got shit to prove. And this is what I mean by that. He, he okay. got to the Super Bowl. Yep. He lost in it. But he got to the Super Bowl. Scored three points, but yeah. Yeah. He's been a, he's been, he's been a Pro Bowl player two years. Uh, his best year, he was 64% completion percentage, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But he was sacked 33 times that year. It's crazy. So his best That's year – he, the he only getting, thing they didn't have, the, the only thing the offense did not have was offensive line. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was getting whacked his best year. And I just feel like with the I'd hand. I'd say that I still don't think they have it in Detroit. Yeah, with the hand he's being dealt in Detroit, it's yeah. like I'm not judging him off Detroit. Okay. If he was, if he went to, you know, Terrence's Patriots, I would I would judge him off of that team, 100%. The offensive okay. layout's way better. Defense is great. Like, but against these the Lions, like, he just got dealt a shitty hand, like. I, and I I, I'm not even a, a fan, but like, yeah. what is that man going to do? He goes I, I, I think we're actually, and I hate to say it, and I feel so bad for Jerry Goff because we're more so going to, I feel like what's going to come from this is we're more so going to say, damn, Detroit didn't appreciate Matt Stafford enough. And it's also going to, in turn, make Jerry Goff look bad. Uh, Terrence, what do you think about this situation? Definitely. I mean, although he is getting dealt a bad hand, I, I do feel like, He's going to prove everyone right that McVay was the reason for his success, honestly. Because yeah. at, at the end of the day, like I said, um, you got McVay on the headset talking him to the last possible second on telling you know where to go with the ball, what to do. And like with that receiving core, too, right? Yeah, keys to your point. Like, if I would have knew you would have said that, I would have looked up how many times did he do the little shovel pass? They do that a lot, they do a lot of. Back when Todd Gurley was cooking and he had this. Todd time. Gurley was cooking. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm not saying he's bad because obviously he was out there and he was performing. But I feel like the system definitely helped him. He, he had a lot of great talent around him. And I feel like that helped him. And then on the biggest moment, he shrunk. So, hey. oh, our defense is great. I did. I do feel like they had a great offense. And he just shrunk, honestly. That's can, can we say something about the systematic quarterback thing? So I'm like, I don't mean to pull away from what we're about to do, Nick. I'm not really a believer in like somebody being a systematic quarterback, really. Like I I get what people are trying to say, like you fit the system, you know, you're confident in it. Yeah. But would you like like there's those players you know that aren't systematic quarterbacks, they're just great. Like you like Mahomes looks amazing, Lamar, Josh Allen. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they look amazing. But I don't think it's a fault to call those dudes like Kirk Cousins is a systematic quarterback. He's just average. Yeah. Like, yeah. Real <laughs> average. He ain't systematic. Okay. He can play. He's just average. So I think Jared Goff is in that I'm just average department. 
So let, let me, can I take, let me just take a step on this one because y'all know how I feel. You know who I'm about to bring oh, up. Oh, Lord, Matt Ryan. You know, you know who I'm about to bring up. So these are all, every quarterback we're talking about are Matt Ryan's children, okay? So these are Matt Ryan's children. So we're talking about the Jared Goffs. Yeah. I call, I literally call him, I called him on one episode, Matty Light Ice or Matty Ice Light, all right? So yeah, Jared Goff is literally Matty Ice Light. You got uh, Kirk Cousins is in that same category. Now, the GOAT, uh, in my opinion, now to what you're talking about, Marquise, it's not a knock to be a system quarterback. In my opinion, Tom Brady is a system quarterback, not a knock. He's up there in the GOAT conversation because he was able to walk away from that system in uh, New England, walk into Tampa. Granted, he had every receiver you ever wanted as a quarterback. <laughs> he was able to walk right in to a new system and win. I don't think... And this is, I'm not saying this is not because I don't think if you put Jared Goff in that situation, you win a Super Bowl. I don't think if you put Kirk Cousins in that situation, you win a Super Bowl. I don't yeah, think if are. you put Matt Ryan in that situation, you win a Super Bowl. So Tom Brady is that next echelon. He's probably the greatest system quarterback we've ever seen. I don't think Joe Montana, no one wants to talk about it. Joe Montana was a <laughs> system quarterback with that Joe Walsh West side, uh, the West Coast offense. That was a system quarterback. Being a system quarterback is not a bad thing. It, it does separate, though, the greats like the Tom Brady's from the average quarterback who can look great like a Jared yeah. Goff. So I can you elevate others? It's not a problem being a system quarterback. Can you elevate those around? Is it, is it situational just because, you know, you can keep the offensive moving, but you don't have great flashes? You know what I mean? Like Josh Allen, he has a cannon. Patrick yeah. has a cannon. They can buy time. Yeah. Lamar has a speed, and he's accurate. Like, is that what it is that you, you're – above average in those departments? I think you can cover up those things if you lack them. Like, I don't think anyone would say Tom Brady's a crazy athlete. I don't think anyone would say Tom Brady has a crazy arm, but he's a gamer. I don't remember the defensive back, but the dude that he went at, you've seen the clip, right? Where Tyrone Matthew. He, he, Was it Tyrone dog, Matthew? He dog-walked Tyrone yeah. Matthew. When, when yeah, he went right Matthew. at him, he said, I'm coming right at you. Next play, he throws a touchdown and finds him in the end zone and says, what the fuck is up? Bro, you know? I'm, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> Tyro Matthew is undersized, but he had a tough assignment thinking he was about to guard Antonio Brown under five yards. That man, Ch Chad Johnson, or yes, Chad Ocho Cinco probably got the best feet in like, and I'm talking history of the league. Quick yeah. feet, sweet feet. If that man had better hands, you yeah. would have a whole nother discussion on Chad if he was Johnson. Bigger, stronger, better hands, he would be up there with, with Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Julio exactly. Jones. Those that guys. man yeah. would be in a different <laughs> field. And he's he, he's just a step behind all those guys because you know yeah. that gap. But I'm yeah. saying Antonio Brown has feet like that. There was no way possible, and I'm not even giving Tyrone Matthew a pass. He, uh, Antonio Brown lost him on the first move. Yeah. yeah. Like you saw Tyron Matthew. His so, only play was to go for the ball after he missed him. I guess my point is the difference between like a Joe Montana and a Tom Brady to like a Kirk Cousins and a Jared Goff is they have it, right? Like yeah. Tom Brady's not scared of whatever whatever defense you throw at him, he's ready for. He wants Tom Brady wants although he might have the best coach, he might have the best offense. He also wants wants to play the best hey, defense. Hey, hey, Jit scared of Ed Reed. I'm gonna let you know that right now. Might be. <laughs> hey, not he a lot says of people that are not scared. He of says that that's one defender he used to always faithfully yeah. be like, "Where is he?" Yeah. So Terrence, know what I'm talking about too. Just so, that, so you, you're the Patriot fan, you know, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm assuming you think 
Tom Brady is the GOAT. What, what do you think? Because I agree with you. I mean, I, I think Marquise made a great point. There's no negative side to being a system quarterback, and there are tears to that, right? Where, yeah, for sure. What do, how do you feel about the idea of a system quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I feel honestly the same way you do. Like, if you can elevate those around you, like Tom Brady, like he's going to come in and he's instantly going to elevate others. Yeah. Hey, man, he's going to instantly come in and he's going to elevate others. You have yeah. those quarterbacks that, you know, like you say, there's nothing wrong with being a system quarterback because it works. Yeah. The problem, the Rams system, it worked. Yeah. And, you know, besides him shrinking in the Super Bowl, they were putting up ridiculous things. numbers all year. So Think about like, it. the the uh what was the game in week I think it was like twelve mm-hmm. that year they played it was Kansas City versus the Rams the Rams won the game the final score was like fifty three to fifty two one of the craziest oh my god that was a Bro. I watched it that, was, that shit was one wild. of the craziest offensive exhibitions we ever seen in our lives it was I mean, crazy that year they were rocking though like they were yeah. exciting to watch both those teams yeah that's what I'm saying I feel like it's it's definitely not an issue to be a system quarterback but. The thing about a system quarterback, I feel like you have to elevate the others because it's yeah. like you, like you can Brady. be an Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes that don't need a system. You can go plug and play anywhere and you want to make everyone is better. Yeah. But a system quarterback, somebody who doesn't have the best arm, doesn't have the best mobility, you know, doesn't have the best traits of a quarterback, like a Cousins, for example. But, you know, if you can go out there and you can elevate guys, I feel like that's what makes you stand apart from the other guys. I don't know which one of us is going to do the AFC. Is it the West that the, the Chiefs are in? I think it's the AFC West. Thank you. I don't know which one of us is going to get that one. We'll put a bookmark on this. We won't get into this yet. But I actually a question I want to ask is, oh, is, Nick Pat, is Pat Mahomes a system quarterback? Because Andy Reid built that offense. That's all I'm going to say. Nah. But moving, moving if saw, forward. If you saw what that boy was doing in college, like – Oh, no, no. Yeah. He, he was, was going to light up and lead, but he wasn't going to be Mahone boy. Like, we, we That's were what I'm just... saying. He wasn't, was he Mahone boy without Andy Reid? No. Um, but we'll go on the next one. So, yeah, um, honestly, I don't I don't think he's a system quarterback. Like, Mahone, yeah. I feel like he's a plug and play. You put him on any team, you can draw. It don't matter what playbook you got. It don't matter what plays you call. Okay. He, it was just, it was just, he benefited from Andy though. It's like that yeah. situation. And, for the, and the targets. The targets as well. He definitely did. He definitely um, did, for sure. So, all right, moving on to the next team, you know, we, we're probably at this point, I know probably about two, three weeks ago, we thought there was no way in hell Aaron Rodgers was playing in Green Bay. The closer mm-hmm. we get to the season, the more we think he's probably going to play in Green Bay. But let's go, like, just with the Justin Fields thing, we assume he plays week one. Let's assume Aaron Rodgers is not playing week one. Who do we have as a starting quarterback between Blake Bortles, if you are the head coach, and uh, Jordan Love, who would you have between those two? Uh, Terrence, who would you rather start, Blake Bortles or uh, um, Jordan Love? Bro, Blake Bortles need to get cut in second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting Jordan Love. Like, just to, just to be honest, like, about the whole situation there in Green Bay, um, ultimately, Love will get the nudge because of where they drafted him, regardless yeah. of whatever, whatever we think, right? How he looks in the camp, how he looks in the preseason. You have to stick by this man. You drafted him in the first round thinking he was the success. He disrespected your quarterback by doing exactly. That. So at this point, you don't have a choice but to be like, we're going with Jordan Love. Like it might be some growing pains. I mean, I mean, he hasn't played too much ball, but I feel like, you know, he had a great season in college and then he had a down year. And then he comes back up, you know, Aaron Rodgers. 
And I feel like, I don't know, they're going to give it to him. You got to. Look where you drafted him at. You drafted okay. So before, you know, before I move on to the piece, the only question I'm going to ask is, is, you know, overall so far the, the, the favoring, and I, I actually agree with you that, you know, you almost have to put him in because you, you yeah. chose him as your future when Aaron Rodgers was still in your backfield. Do you think even with the reports that Blake Bortles has outshined Jordan Love, they'll still start him? That's for you, Terrence. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they're still going to start Jordan Love. Like, regardless of how Blake Bortles looks, I feel like he was brought in to be a backup, regardless of, you know. What the situation is. Yeah, I feel like he was brought in to be a backup. Like, okay. if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, Aaron Rodgers number one, Jordan Love number two, maybe Blake Bortles number three. But I feel like for him, it was just all about finding a job because he's below average. So I feel like for him, I feel like he knows that I was brought in to be a backup, and I don't think he thinks that he, you know, has that to top Jordan Love. Just like I said, they brought him in, but they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. So I feel like they're going to have to go with Jordan Love just based off of all the backlash and scrutiny they're going to get if they don't play Jordan Love. Like, why did we go and draft him? Why did you disrespect your all-time quarterback? that pick for something else or, you know, whatever the case might be. So I feel like Jordan Love is definitely going to get the, the nudge. Because at the end of the day, I feel like they do have a great run game. Their wide receiving core is pretty deep. And if you look at, you know, they have a pretty good O-line and the play call looks good. So he is in the position to succeed. So if he doesn't succeed, it's on him. It's like, what have you been doing? You've been backing up one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in the history of the NFL. So yeah. if you haven't picked up like that chip off of his shoulder that like, you know, oh, how does he throw the ball? What, you know, in this situation, what does he do? Yeah. If you pick that up, I don't know, like, what are you doing? You know, Definitely. so. One of the most blessed franchises <laughs> with quarterbacks. I mean, you went from the Brett Favre era for about 20 years straight to Aaron Rodgers for about 20 <laughs> years. That's crazy. Marquise, what do you think? Uh, do we got Jordan Love or Blake Bortles uh, starting week one? And who do you think should be starting week one? I think Terrence solved it up. Like, you disrespect your quarterback that is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks. The only person greater than him is probably the man that played for the Patriots. And I would still personally take Rodgers, but that's just me. He made me look like a dumbass last year, so I don't know if I can still say I'd take him now. But you you moved up to get him. You didn't get a wide out. It's real simple. Like, you got to start this man. Uh, He's had some good reports from camp. Like, there was one day he did really exceptional – I feel like you just start him. If he does bad, he does bad. But, I mean, you, you're locked and loaded, and I think Rodgers is locked and loaded on not playing. So, everybody looks like they hold their ground. So, if, if you took that man and you tell him, you pretty much saying, screw you, Rodgers, then stand on it and start love. And you know, like, my take on that, Keith, is that you're saying Aaron Rodgers. So, do you think – I ain't trying to take Nick questions or nothing, but do you think Aaron's going to play or you think – You're all good. Please, please ask questions. Oh, personally? Hell yeah. no. You don't think it's playing? Bro, hey, so I'm letting you know. not playing. No, I, I'm real like Terrence knows. Like, bro, if if I something happens and I get a nasty taste in my mouth about, some, about someone, like, mm-hmm. I won't talk to him. Like, I will literally just, you're gone. So you see and, a little bit of yourself in Aaron Rodgers. Bro, this, this man doesn't. Situation. I never met someone that bro. does it to their own family. And the fact that there's reports that he does that to his family. Bro, <laughs> talk to his mom and dad, brother. Bro, I, I thought it was just me that does that. <laughs> that motherfucker does it too. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm like, right. you know, 
You are right. That's cold. He is cold, cold like that. And I do it to some of my family members. Yeah, bro. You can count that shit sale. Okay. I don't think. But I didn't think about it like that. That is cold. Yeah. This is, so, Mar- Marquise, this is my thing, though. Although I think you do actually bring up a great point because there has been reports that he's known to be distant from his brother, mom, and dad. He has openly stated his problem is not with the team. He likes, he said, he loves he likes his, Matt his teammates. He likes Matt LaFleur. He loves his teammates. It's all front office, and it's mainly the offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, the, the general manager that he has an issue with. I I just think he'll start week one because at a certain point, ownership will come in and say, even though it's the city of Green Bay that owns them, the CEO, CFO, and all them will come in and say, look, Aaron is our future for at least three more years because I think Jordan Love is only 24 years old. If Aaron if- is your future for three more years, trade Jordan Love. No, because Jordan Love's only 24 years old. So going into it, look, Aaron Rodgers was drafted at 22 years old. He didn't get to start until he was about 28 years old. And he went yeah. forward and won you yeah. a Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers showed flashes of being like really. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying no, Jordan No, but Love I'm saying Aaron Rodgers, a, a, but... a, a, a dumb team like the Texans, I don't know yeah. what they could offer you. Or even Miami, if the if the two thing doesn't work, they they will take Jordan Love off your hands. The the Patriots, if 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 Cam doesn't work and Mac needs a backup, they will probably take Jordan Love. Is what I'm getting at. So if one listen, I'm on I'm over here. You over here with with the spectrum with Aaron. Like I think he's stubborn, but like you say, he loves his team. So I think maybe he does miss minicamp, but just. Like- Said, I think this man is going to start week one. Like, at the end of the day, if Aaron was to sit down and be like, okay, well, yeah, I want to go to Denver, or he has thoughts of going to these other teams. Shout out, Wes. Yeah, whomever is in his. Denver is the, I feel like Denver is the, the team, if we really, really think about it. I don't know how they'll do it. I agree with Terrence. I think that Aaron Rodgers will end up starting week one. If he but, does, if he does not though, I think that's where right. it'll fall. Is it'll fall in Denver's hand. What are you willing so to give up? So here's my reason. Here's my reason, Keith. So if you look at it, like all the teams that we were naming, some of them had no chance in hell at getting and landing them. Yeah. If we look at get, if we look at like a Denver, for example, like okay, there's another team that you could go to that has Super Bowl aspirations better than Green Bay. So why would I go to Denver? when I can win now here in Green Bay, and potentially he still could leave, so it's not like that's out of the window. So, but I feel like he has his best opportunity to win in Green Bay better than anywhere else he goes. So you know, play Green Bay. You know the problem with the writing on the wall about all this is it's not even a Rodgers thing now because now you're getting to the territory. Y'all know y'all want to move off Rodgers, whether it's this year, next year. They know they they know they want to move, right? And Devontae Adams literally told you he would reconsider his he has to reconsider some things if he's not there. That's like you know, if that man ain't there, you have to tag him, and then you're gonna get into the whole drama of oh, I'm gonna hold out, or you know, yeah. So then you have a whole another animal. And to me, it makes way more sense if you're gonna get rid of Rogers, you better get a lot in return to hopefully you can convince Devontae Adams to stay. Because let's be honest. That's the best skills player they got. Listen, wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, if Devontae Adam wants to go, I mortgage my whole future for them to If you want, I'm telling you, first round is you want six, bet. And that, and that's (laughs) the thing, though. He said, like he, he literally said, Nick, like he said that, you know, he would have to reconsider some things, and they have a great relationship. He's talking about he's standing on the side of the hill for Rodgers, like 
Yeah. All right, so now you're going to be looking at the dynamic. Are we willing to lose two, like, great players? Because yeah. you got to think, if you don't win next year, that's it. Like, this this year coming up, you have to win. You you can't get in the playoffs. Rodgers can't not run, and you can't not trust this man to go for it on fourth down because it's stupid. Yeah. Like, no, he should have ran. You should have went for it. No, I agree. that, And like I said, I said, you know, before we even started this segment, I thought that was – both of their two biggest career chokes was Aaron Rodgers not running that ball on third down and then Matt Matt LaFleur deciding let's kick it and give the ball back to Tom Brady, one of the most clutch quarterbacks ever. I'm going to be honest, though. I The only reason I think he didn't run, because he's ran situations like that, but I don't think he's ran with Jason Pierre-Paul and Devin White and the boys chasing him. So and them boys I, are fast. I don't give a as, – as great of a point as I, I will concede, that is a great point. I, in mm-hmm. playoff situations – you should you're he should all, risk it. If you're an all-time great, I trust you know, Aaron Rodgers. You don't care. Yeah. If I'm Aaron and, and let's think about how cocky, let's be honest, all of the greats are cocky <laughs> to an extent. Aaron Rodgers was not worried about Jason Pierre Pierre Paul. He was not that. worried about Levante David. He was what he wanted was to get the ball to Devontae Adams in that play. So I I respect the decision, but it was a the wrong decision because he had open field. Aaron Rodgers is a much more athletic quarterback than Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Some of these pocket passers, he could have made that run. So I agree with you. He probably might have been, but I don't think those types of dudes would have swayed someone like Aaron from taking that run, especially with the, let's be honest, the refereeing now, nowadays. He knows he could have got down even if he didn't get the first down. Yeah. Getting obliterated. The thing that's crazy, you remember how Cam had that moment where he fumbled and didn't go for the ball? That was the yeah. same moment Aaron had when he didn't oh, run the ball. Exa- that is a perfect comparison. People don't talk about it because you think I'm about hustle. Because if you look at it, his supporting cast was not doing what they were supposed to do. He that was in the Super Bowl when he dropped it. It's wasn't the Super Bowl. It? That's why I don't that, feel like that really defined the game. No, it doesn't. Like it, it doesn't define the game. But that, like, as a teammate, if I like, we're all teammates. I see Nick dive on a loose ball, and we're losing by fifty. As your MVP. But he dies for the loose ball. Like that would, uh-huh. you know, you, you we've played on teams before. Like that would, you get some momentum from that, even if it doesn't. In that moment, do anything for the team. Someone's gonna be like, you know what, bro? He it went out there. Yeah. It shows like you have some heart or something. And I'm not You're, saying Cam don't have heart. I'm just saying in that moment, he should have either kicked the ball away out of bounds, damn near, or let launched on it. And yeah, a, a especially. Dude, you're, you're Cam Newton. You won MVP. You're the leader of that team. You bang into everybody at you. Everyone's looking at you to make that play. It's and and I agree with you, Keith. Because it's not fair that because the Aaron Rodgers decision to not run the ball was the exact same. It was the exact, in my opinion. I know from a again a casual fan perspective, they don't see the difference because it, anyone can see hustle. But the difference was that field was wide open. No one's saying that he he was even guaranteed a first down, but you could have got about four mm-hmm. or five yards. I think it was a third and eight. Yeah. You could have got about four or five yards. You get those four or five yards. Devontae Adams on a dog walk the the if over not the shoulder. Touchdown, <laughs> what, what did they do? Think about you put yourself in that same situation the week before when you played the Rams and yeah. you had, remember they had Devontae Adams in motion and yeah. uh, Jalen Ramsey couldn't get any help and cussed yeah, out his own receivers. Yeah, they, they fucking yeah, diced them up like that. That's what I'm saying. 
So if he runs that play, I agree with you, Marquise. That's a great point. If he runs right there, you put yourself in a completely different situation, and then Matt Nagy is not allowed to be scared to go for it on fourth down. The wild thing is the same way, say, if the Kansas City gets injured like that, the Packers are going to dog walk them in the Super Bowl too. Like if they're if if Kansas City Aaron is got banged up, Super Bowl. Yep. yeah, Aaron got the second Super Bowl, and now people like the whole debate of oh, I'm taking Rodgers over Brady is getting even more hotter. Yeah, you're easier. like no, I'm gonna take him, you know, because he beat him, and I'll still get take there. Aaron Rodgers over Brady. I still will, but now we, now we look like dumbasses saying it. <laughs> but um, moving on to the next one, so. We talk about – I talk a lot about uh, Matt Ryan being one of the most overrated quarterbacks. Right up there with him, we got to put Kirk Cousins in the, in the same situation. So, when he was with Washington on the football team, he had some heroic scenarios. Now, granted, he was not the starter in some of these scenarios. He had to step into these situations. He was dealt a bad hand. He looked great. He leaves uh, Washington – goes to Minnesota, is in a much, much, much better situation. A lot of these years, they looked like purple people eaters type defenses. They had some great – they had Stephon Diggs, and they had uh, – what's the – what's white dude's name? I'm, oh, they got Adam Thielen. That's a – hey, Jid, a homegrown dude. He, he went to Minnesota Rudolph State. Tight end. You had Adrian Peterson at running back. You had all types of weapons. Nowadays, they, you got they have AP at, when they had – I think he players. had one year with AP. I could be wrong, but I think he had one year with AP. But regardless, now you got Dalvin Cook. You still got Thielen. Now you got Justin Jefferson. You got all types of you, – you had uh, Rudolph. You have all types of weapons. He still looks average. During the year, he's another Matt Ryan. Puts up great numbers. But in the playoffs, when it matters, you do not look great. Is this a final year where Kirk Cousins of that $88 million contract, does he finally cash out this year? Marquise, let me know what you think. I just – so, to me, Kirk Cousins, like I said, you know, those people that we said are above average, average. He actually played above average last year, yep. the whole year. He actually had a really surprisingly good year. He it was maybe his best year in a standpoint. His completion percentage was down, but he had the third, third most yards he's ever thrown. He's second best on his pro football focus grade. It was 83.5, and he was a top 15 quarterback. So, like, for a quarterback that is, you know, just above average, that that's that's a good year. Yep. But I don't – I will give him a pass. I'm knowing all over Kirk Cousins. Like, I'm not the biggest fan. He really got away with highway robbery from the, the Vikings. Like, the and he, 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 he robbed the bank. Golf robbed the oh, bank. Oh, he did. Like, they are just stealing everything out the bank. You know what I'm saying? But that defense is awful. Like, golf has had good defenses, you know? So it's like, okay, like, you had a good defense. Like, uh, Cousins has not had a good defense. The defense is ranked 27th. Like, they're just borderline getting in shootouts with people. And they didn't fix the defense at all. I, I got to stop you, Marquise, because although last year was not good, in 2019, Minnesota was the fourth-ranked defense in the NFL. If That's we true. go back to even 2018, they were the ninth-ranked defense in the NFL. And even the, the year before that, I mean, they were back to fourth. So he's had a top di- top five defense three out of the five years he's been but, in. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When they pulled that miracle off against the Saints where Diggs caught that pass, my, matter of fact, I watched that live in Saints. They should have capitalized on that run. When Diggs made that catch, that should have been like, you know how Flacco for the Ravens didn't throw an interception in the playoffs? 
should have yeah. been like a moment like that. We we're, yeah. we're capitalizing on this. We're we're going. Yeah. They didn't turn that moment into that. Yeah. So I feel like their yeah, ships their ships sail, and I feel like it's going to be a dark a dark situation because I I agree with you. I think the ship has sailed because the defense isn't what it was. But the mm-hmm. reason why I bring up the pass defenses is to not give a pass to Kirk Cousins. Because like but I said, reiterate not giving him a pass. Yeah, exactly. Because three out of the five years he's been there, he had a top five defense in the NFL and it's not there anymore but remember mm-hmm. when they had all those dudes that were absolute murderers on defense uh Terrence what what do you mm-hmm. think are we going to see something different because even though and like I said the defense is not not there anymore but he still has a top receiving core in the NFL and then a running back who can really back you up what do you think about uh this upcoming year for Kirk Cousins? I mean honestly what I think I think he pulled a Floyd Mayweather he robbing you know he robbing <laughs> Like, at the end of the day, I think Kirk Cousins will continue to be average. He's not the player that's going to get you over the hump as we continue to stay. He's going to continue to put up great numbers. But if you look at his supporting cast, if you don't even put up great numbers, like, just please, like, just just ride the bench or something. But receiving core is great. Running game is top in the NFL. So it's like, his awful, like, the things that he's had, I feel like, Nick, you can go out there. Keith or me can go out there and put up them numbers. Yeah. Yep. If I go out there, Dalvin Cook, here you go. Okay. This time. Hey, I'm- I don't forget. People forget. Like, people think Diggs was the only person that had an issue with him, like, when yeah. Diggs was there. But, you know, Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook spoke out against him, too, like, in live, inter- too. in live interviews, these people have all had an issue with him, like, we have the best running back. How are you not getting us the ball? All I'm going to say is this. Justin Jefferson, too. There's a lot of people that put this out there. I'm just going to I'm just gonna let this be known. Going back to the Falcons, I hate to do this. But when Julio said he wanted to go somewhere with a quarterback with a big arm, these wide receivers want that. They want someone who can air it out deep. Kirk Cousins is another guy. I get it. From 10 to 15 yards is incredibly accurate. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. From 10 to 15 yards, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is great. But the difference between Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson is those dudes can really air it out. They can hit you from deep. And if you're a wide receiver with unlimited talent, like a Justin Jefferson, like a uh, Adam Thielen, you want someone who can get you the ball without hesitation that can say, look, I got one-on-one coverage. This guy cannot cover me. That Kyle Throw Murray. that ball. I will go get it for you. And <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not that guy. Unfortunately, as much as going back to the system quarterback conversation, Tom Brady, as much of a system quarterback as he is, he's not scared to air that ball out. He knows if I got a wide receiver, he's not scared to throw it to Mike Evans. He's not scared to throw it to uh, Godwin. He's not scared to throw it to Antonio yeah. Brown. He knows those guys. Uh, what's the white dude's name? Scott Miller. He's no. He he knows that, that he can go get that ball. Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff. These are guys that are scared to throw that ball because they know their arm is not there, regardless of wide receiver talent. The issue so, though that is going to happen for Minnesota, I feel like if Kellen Mond. Like I said, he was going to boom. Like, he's my boom. Like, he's going to okay. boom for them. If he doesn't, are you going to look and be like, damn, we got to trade some of these dudes? Like, are you going to wow. be like, like you know, and you, you miss the realm on trading Thielen now because, like, he had suitors last year like and this year. He's a little like, bit Baltimore, older now, yeah. Baltimore well, maybe, took him. Maybe with what they got there, they can potentially, you know. No, but I'm – Become, though. Maybe they can get – 
Hey, look, we got who who want to play in Minnesota? Minnesota got the same dynamic that that Utah got for the NBA. Don't nobody want to go play there, and you know that. You Listen, know why too. I'm just telling you. I mean, offensively, a quarterback can go there instantly, plug and play. You're gonna put up great numbers and. Minnesota's not as bad as Utah, Marquise, from what you're talking about, but it's, it's not it's not it's not better. It's not much better, but it's not they, as bad as Utah. Their hope is like some like crazy happens. Like their hope is somehow someone takes her cousin off their hand, right? Yeah. They can unload his salary. Their hope is one of these young dudes that have a killer arm doesn't sign with the team they're with. And well, honestly, I think it's on his last year, so I don't think it'd be hard to get rid of him. It's more so do you trust Kellen Mond? That's what it really comes down to. Yeah, last year, Kelvin Mond is you bet on him as your future. So if he can work out, and I actually like Kelvin Mond. Remember when we did our draft? We did our draft pick. I I said the Pats. I didn't think they would get uh, because at that point in time, I thought Mac was going to end up going to San Francisco. I thought the Pats would end up taking Kelvin Mond. He would take off this year. If they can move on from Kirk Cousins, let's say if he struggles week one through four and, and mm-hmm. Kelamon is ready to rumble. I believe in that. I I don't think they should get premature and trade those receivers. Um, I mean, obviously not Justin Jefferson, but not even uh, – yeah, I, I wouldn't trade him. I'd definitely try to see if I can lure somebody to Minnesota. Like, yeah. Even defensive guys, because if you look at it, it's like, look at what we have on offense. Like, we're ready to win on offense, but we need you to come in and be that piece on defense that's going to yeah. get us to the championship. So, I feel like, you know, I, I like to say, I, I don't think I would trade the receivers, running back, none of that, because at the end of the day, I feel like you that's how you're going to get guys that want to come there, I think. So, you know, guys are going to want to play with, um, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, that offensive line. And that's me personally, like, who wouldn't want to go play for that? Like, yeah, that's what I think. All right. <laughs> so um, moving on, you know, we, we had a lot of conversation about quarterbacks. Um, going back to the Green Bay Packers, you know, we talk about this is one of the deepest receiving cores when it comes to wide receivers uh, in any division. I mean, you know, you got Devontae Adams in, in Green Bay, Alan Lazard, Robert Tanyan. A lot of good receivers in Green Bay. You got Justin Jefferson's in his second year with Minnesota. Adam Thielen, that's his back. If Adam Thielen's your backup, you're doing great. That's just you know, you crazy. Alan, Alan <laughs> Robinson finally has a quarterback in Chicago. Um, you know, there's a lot of great receivers going on in this one division. Um, starting with the Packers, you know, let's say Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Is Devontae Adams enough? to carry in that in that receiving core with the Packers, is that enough to carry, regardless of who's quarterback, whether it be Love or Bortles, is that enough to win the division for you in Green Bay? Uh, Terrence, I'll start with you. I'm going to say yes. And the reason I'm going to say yes is because I feel like they have a pretty deep roster at receiver. It's like, yeah, Devontae Adams is obviously the clear number one yeah, he's clearly the number one in the division, regardless of who he Yeah, is. but they also have Adam Lazar, Marquez, uh, Valdez. Burner, boy. They also have Amari Rodgers now, who can be like a Randall Cobb type player for them. So I feel like they definitely have what it takes from that position, you know, beyond just Devontae Adams. Like, I feel okay. like 
They have depth that receiver. It's not just top heavy. So that that boy Alan Lazard be dropping the ball. I'm gonna let you Yo, know. And, and we talked a lot about underrated tight ends, right? I, uh, the the fans are Robert Tiny. Yeah. We were talking about uh in the group chat all time, but where Robert Tiny is one of the most underrated right now in the NFL, right? Do do we all agree? Yeah. Him and, him mean, and TJ Hawkinson, yeah. Yep, TJ Hawkinson, which you know, again, same division. Uh Marquise, what do you think? Uh what do you think about that uh receiving core in Green Bay? Is that enough to Regardless of obviously if Aaron is there, you're talking about winning the division, potential Super Bowl aspirations. Is that uh, enough to carry that that backup quarterback crew? So so mine is different uh than Terrence a little bit. Devontae Adams is what makes it go. Like okay. if you take oh, Devontae, sure. you take Devontae Adams off this team. You think the other pieces start to fall off? Huh? You think the other if you take let's say you take Devontae Adams, the Alan Lazards. Marcus oh, Valdez-Scanling, they look, Robert, Robert Tanya, and they start to fall off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Tanya probably still performs a little bit because I, I feel like he's he's pretty good. But look at this. Devontae Adams had 149 targets last year. Yep. He's going to get more this year. Yep. Let's be honest. You lost your center. If the rookie start, you're definitely going to want the safety blanket and Devontae Adams getting the ball. This okay. man's catch percentage went from uh, – it's 64.8 all time. It was a 77.2 last year. This man was catching damn near everything that went his way. I mean, he's, I said he's declared number one. I agree with everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, we, we see it. But if you but say, have, well, yeah. I, think, I think no one's in disagreement. The best receiver in the division, arguably the receiver in the in the league right now, the best receiver is Devontae yeah. Adams, correct? But in that division, I'm not yeah. Saying, <laughs> you know, I'm still rocking with Julio. I'm just saying, arguably the best is okay, Devontae arguably. Adams. And in, in, his, in his division on that team, I just feel like, you know, Green Bay, like, y'all got to finagle something. Because if Rodgers don't come back and you lose him too, yeah, I mean, Christmas. The only thing I was saying about that is, you know, it's good that they have depth, you know? No, yeah, they're pretty stacked. I feel like the one-two punch in Minnesota is lethal. Because that is, it's see, way better than the, the one-two punch in, in Tampa, if you ask me. I feel like it's better. See, my thing is, Keith, like, what you say with that is, I feel like the 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 um, the Vikings receiving core is top-headed. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, after them, it's like. Exactly. But I feel like th- those two are so much better than the, 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 the depth of, like, Green Bay that it's. That's what makes it weird because I feel like the depth, like Alan Lazard, if he doesn't drop a couple balls against in the NFC Championship game, you don't even got to worry if Rodgers is running. All right, we're about to start the next debate. You already like kind of bled into the next one. So my next my next question was going to be, so obviously Green Bay's got a great receiving court, including tight end. Uh, Detroit also has a good receiving court. Okay. Who are we taking as the better? So it sounds are, are you taking Minnesota as the overall? Overall, I know you said wide receivers you like uh, Minnesota, but you got to remember uh, Green Bay also has Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis coming back as tight end. Are you still taking Listen, Minnesota? I'm taking Pat. Okay, so you're taking the Pack. Okay. I'm taking Pat. I mean, okay, no, okay. you sounded like you're taking Minnesota. Mike is the top head. Okay, Mike is the top head. Okay. Their wide receiver, like the depth and everything, like they're top heavy. So I'm, I'm going. You, you know why you get to be top heavy is when you got a running back that's the second best running back in the National Football League. You don't really need to be Jeez. extremely depth. But you don't have depth behind JJ and Adam Thielen, though. You don't have guys that's going to come in behind them that's going to 
but we've seen plenty of they, they got Kirk Cousin robbing the bank. They can't pay nobody. And then, That's not know, the question, Mark. The question is who's better. All right. So, I mean, all right. So, if we're going off depth, like depth, uh, the Vikings are deeper. You know what I'm saying? You think the Vikings are deeper? No, 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 no. My bad. No. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Okay. Yeah, I said we're that. We're including tight ends in this. We're including yeah. tight ends. Irv Smith Jr. is going to boom this year. Count okay. that. That check. Check mark that. Bookmark it for when it happens. But so you think Irv Smith Jr., tight end for the Vikings, is going to boom this year? Yeah, that's why they let Kevin Rudolph walk, and he had Kevin Rudolph had a bad year. Okay, that's besides the point. The Packers are way deeper at depth, but the thing is, if you take Devontae Adams off that team, it's like none, all those receivers don't even matter. You can take Adam Thielen or one of them away, and one of them still going to get off. Is what I'm getting at. Okay, one of them will, but then there's nobody else. All right, so uh, Marquise, I kind of agree with you. The only disagreement I have is Robert Tanyan. I might be a little bit too high on Robert Tanyan. Y'all can uh, sit me down bit. if he's fired. Though I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think Robert Tanyan's one of those court, one of those uh, tight ends that's really gonna take off regardless of quarterback. Um, I I actually agree with you. I don't think Alan Lazard is that good. I don't think Marcus Valdez Scantling is that good. I think having Devontae Adams that pressure of okay, we either gotta. Double well, him every possession in man, yeah. or we got to factor our zone completely around him helps them. But that's I think yeah. Robert Tanyan, as a tight end in himself, can kind of carry the load from a safety blanket perspective. Um, that's what I'm talking about. to take the top off. Adams are is you know a big body, and then now you have Amari Rogers who's going to. I I get what Marquise is saying though because. I don't think the Vikings have more depth than the than the Packers. I definitely think with Lazard and and if you're talking about third and fourth options, Lazard and Valdez would be better than yeah. anybody that the Vikings have. But unfortunately, the Vikings have two wide receivers that are arguably one options. Yeah, I would probably good. still go with the Packers yeah. because I think Tanyan really does make the difference. I think Tanyan uh, provides something that you know. I know Rudolph is a big loss. And, you know, I know that Marquise just said that he's on the board with Irv Smith Jr. That's yet to be seen, so maybe he can prove himself. I like the Packers just from uh, from that perspective. I mean, both of them have stellar running backs. If, I'm, if we're taking running backs, obviously I don't think any of us are taking Aaron Jones over Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin, sure. Dalvin Cook's the, the <laughs> runaway better running back. Hey, but, um, I'm sorry, Pack Nation. Ain't no way. I don't think, I think the, the biggest Packers fan alive would deny that. But yeah, um, you gotta be honest. I, I I think I would take Green Bay, but moving on to Chicago. So Allen Robinson, if we're talking about underrated wide receivers, not tight ends, we spoke a lot about tight ends this year. I think we're talking about underrated wide receivers. Allen Robinson has to be number one. The guy has had no quarterback since since he's been with the team, and he finally, hopefully, with Justin Fields, has one. Do we think this is the breakout year? So Allen Robinson, we and I don't mean breakout from Pro Bowler, I mean breakout from potentially top five in the league. Do we think Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, regardless of what Matt Nagy has cooking for this offense, do we think that hopefully this is the year that Allen Robinson can prove that he belongs in the upper echelon? Marquise, I'll let you go off with this one. I think he belongs in the upper echelon, period. I mean, you saw what he did in his days in Jacksonville with him and with Allen Hearns. With Allen Hearns on the him and Allen Hearns both got off in that offense. Yeah, I mean, Alan Hurts got – he suffered injuries now, you know. 
But Allen Robinson, he's a, he, it's crazy. He's not fast. He's not a speedster. He's just a really physical body that gets separation. Him and Keenan Allen. Are, he can run routes. He's got good hands and he's physical. Yeah, like him and Keenan Allen are the same. It's just, in a way, it's just Keenan Allen's footwork is way, like, way better to me. But yeah. Keenan Allen probably between him and Diggs and maybe, like, another receiver I can't think of, they got the best footwork in the game. But to me, Allen Robinson is going to – he's going to do great. He, it's not a question of what he's going to bring to the table. I just got the the caveat of that is what if field struggles like how Baker did when he Baker got Odell? That like, oh, I got I to gotta get this I feel like, like I have to get him the I, ball. Damn, I see him. Like, I got to get him the ball. And what if <laughs> – what if, what if, what the, my thing is what if Fields has that problem? I don't, and I think it's a good problem to have because he's a, you got that means you got somebody that's an animal over there. But it's just yep. like damn, like do I throw him? Like do I throw him the ball? Do I throw him the ball? You know what I mean? Yeah, I for sure. Terrence, what, what do you think? Uh, do you think? Uh, I know. I think we all three are in agreement that Allen Robinson should be in that upper echelon, but unfortunately, due to the circumstances that he's had mm-hmm. at quarterback his entire career with Blake Bortles. Now with Mr. I mean, he's still been a top option in the league, even with you know those below sub. But do you think this year he he cracks the mainstream per se for uh for wide receivers with what he's got now with Justin Fields or Andy Dalton? I mean, I definitely think so because now, like I said, he does have a quarterback that can deliver a strike, and you know he's played with average quarterbacks, and now he has somebody that can you know get him the ball, you know, in places where he needs the ball. I feel like he's the ball this year, like. There's no reason why Allen Robinson isn't top five in stats this year. Like, yeah. me personally, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And then from even from the whole supporting cast, like I said, you got Burners and Mooney, you got Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery. If they can get the run game going, I feel like that's what's key for that um, Chicago Bears team as, as well, because that'll take a lot of pressure off of Justin Fields early on. Um, and that's something they've been struggling with the past couple of years. I think David Montgomery probably only rushed for 100 yards, maybe a handful of times. Yep. You know, we all know <laughs> how important being able to run the ball. So I feel like um, Allen Robinson would definitely ball this year. Top five in stats, I think, for receivers, yards and touchdowns. I think I got you. No, I, I, and I agree, honestly. Like, I, I've always loved Allen Robinson. I actually hated when he left. Uh, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. because I, I wanted to see that team shine. Maybe it's a Florida pride thing. You know, we all kind of grew up in Florida. Um, <laughs> you know, we remember with David Garrard and uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, if you could have added Allen Robinson to that squad, you know, what could they have done, right? But um, yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad because, you know, in a draft class that had Patrick Mahomes, you know, you went with Mitchell Trubisky, who... Bro, I think that was a big mistake. Even the scouts didn't really think that that rabbit hole of that one. I was confused why he was the number one overall quarterback, though. But he was the number one overall quarterback. Yeah, first quarterback off the board. You know, I don't think anybody would have made that mistake. Whoever was in the Chicago Bears front office at that point in time, everybody from the owner down should have been fired. I feel bad, (laughs) you know. Allen Robinson, you know, I feel bad for him, man, because he's never had a top quarterback. If you put – let's say this. Let's say you switch – Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson, you could argue that Allen Robinson would look exactly like a Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams is not a burner by any means. I mean, he might be a little bit faster. Oh, he faster. He, he might be. I really don't know. But in terms Boy. of route running, hands, reliable. Oh, right. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go there, I, I'll let you know. 
this man route running is better than Robin Robinson. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's better. I I don't know. I really don't know because you got it. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, Devontae Adams is up there, but I think quarterback really highlights because someone who is when it comes down to fractional differences, when all you need is a half step on the defender. Devontae Adams at the end of the day only needs that half step. He knows that Aaron Rodgers is going to get them that ball on that half step. Allen Robinson has never had that. We see that with same thing with Stephon Diggs. No one really talked about as though we thought he was a great route runner. No one mm-hmm. thought of him as the best route runner until he was with Josh Allen. Same thing with uh um oh my god, this Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen when he had Philip Rivers. Looked like one of the greatest uh, uh, route running wide receivers. All of a sudden, Tyron Taylor steps in. We think he's a good quarterback, but no one really talks about Keenan Allen yeah. as much as anymore. And then all of a sudden, uh, Herbert steps back in. Now he's right back in the conversation. I hate that that's the way it is for I, wide receivers, but quarterback predicates a lot of it. Um, but I think with Allen Robinson, we're going to see him take that next step. I think he's one of the top five best route runners in the NFL. I believe that. I mean, he's definitely a great route runner, but he's not a better route runner than uh, Devontae. Five. I'm not saying he's better. I don't know if he's better. I'm he, saying that if you gave him a better quarterback, he'd be up yeah, yeah. in the conversation. It, would, sure, just, it sure. would just make his volume of throws that he gets like on the red zone better. But I don't think – like those top five – Keenan Allen been running routes like that. Diggs, yeah. Diggs has, but Diggs used to not get the ball. Like Diggs used to complain, That's like, saying, get yeah, me yeah. the ball, you know. Diggs and had then, to beg for it. No exactly. one really knew – I, and I think of Diggs the same way I think of Allen Robinson. And I might be out of pocket here. But what I'm saying is, is that no one said Diggs was a top five wide receiver until he came to Buffalo. All it took was one year in Buffalo. And now we're saying, okay, he's probably the best, if not the best, top three route runners in the NFL. That's you, all it took. You know what he does is what people forget. You know the flashes that you saw Odell look like? Odell yeah. and Diggs to me are like, one and one, one, and one. like yeah, in, yeah, in a way i don't Odell I think, might be a little more athletic but yeah i don't even oh. know if odell's more athletic i think like they're like pre-injuries i don't know i think the the uh all i mean the, i feel more about odell was his athleticism the fact that he could he could probably be your place kicker if you need him to be that's what i mean it's like he odell, yeah, yeah I, i'm taking odell athleticism over digs for sure. I'm just saying, like, overall, if you're okay, talking about okay, speed, okay, okay, okay. strictly yeah. maybe not, but like, overall, Odell's probably one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. Um, all right, moving on from there. Do, if, if any of y'all got anything you want to say, uh, before we move on to overtime questions, I, I got a couple good ones for us tonight. Let's get uh, this overtime started, boy. All right, I like your style. I like your style. You know, this is this has been a fan favorite. Um, when to keep it rocking, we've been in the division. So I'll, I'll let y'all know. I got three questions for you. Are we I'll picking the same? Can we pick the same answers? Yes. Uh, I will start okay. beforehand. If y'all feel that strong about it, we'll go straight into it. You can pick the same answers. I got three <laughs> questions. So, all I got is three questions. So if we tie, y'all got to eat it. So. <laughs> all, right. all right. So first question is sex. All right. I want to know who y'all have as the all-time leader in sex in the NFC North. All right. So these are your options, and I'll let you know. Number one overall is 124 and a half sacks in the NFC North, all right? And just to be clear for all the fans out there, we're talking about only the numbers that count while they played in the NFC North. So if they played for another team at some point in time, those those numbers do not count. It's only when you were in the NFC North. All right, so first we got Clay Matthews for the Green Bay Packers. We got Robert Porcher 
for the Detroit Lions. We okay. got Richard Dent for the Chicago Bears. We got John Randall for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Remember, that number is 124 and a half sacks. So, Marquise, I'll let you answer first. Who do you have as the number one? And I'll run back those answers if you need me to. Who's the Bears? The Bears is Richard Dent. I'll just go through all of them again. It's Clay Matthews with the Green Bay Packers, Robert Porcher with the Detroit Lions, Richard Dent with the Chicago Bears, uh, John Randall with the Minnesota Vikings. I want Richard Dent. The Chicago Bears? Okay. Yeah. Uh, who you got, Terrence? I feel like Clay is too obvious if you pick Clay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's Clay either. Okay. And I was thinking Dent, but then at the same time, who was it for the Lions again? Robert Porcher. Then we got John Randall for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going John Randall just because I'm going to pick a different answer. Okay. I like your style. And I'll give you this, Terrence. Number two was John Randall at 114, but Marquise, you hit it on the head. It's Richard Dent with 124 and a half sacks. I, was, I, was, I only did that to pick a different answer. I, I like your style. I appreciate it because, like, you know, I mean, if we both pick the same, it would be lame, right? Yeah. All right. So this one. This is a good one. This is a good question because we got some titans in this fucking one. So we got the all-time rushing leader. You got to think there's been some animals in this division. So I'll start out the gates. Y'all, this is a tough one. I'm going to let you know. So so we got Adrian Peterson with the Minnesota Vikings. We got Barry Sanders with the Detroit Lions. We got Amon Green with the Green Bay Packers. And we got Walter Payton. With the Chicago Bears. All right. And the number is 16,726 yards. Who do y'all got? Uh, Terrence, I'll start with you. You get first pick. You gave up the last one. This is a tough one. So who do you got as the number one all-time rusher? Do you got Adrian Peterson, Barry Sanders, Amon Green, or Walter Payton? Yeah, this is a tough one. I'm going to go Barry, bro. All right, you got Barry Sanders. All right, Marquise, who do you got? I'm going Walter. Barry ain't played long enough. Terrence, man, I love your style, but yeah, it's it's Walter Payton again. So so I'll run this one down because this is a good list. We gotta be honest, this is a good list right here. So you got Walter Payton, 16,726. You got Cat. Barry Sanders, 15,000. You got Barry Sanders, 15,269. You got Adrian Peterson, 11,747. And Amon Green, 8,322. I knew it won't either one of AP or Amon Green. AP would have had more if he didn't get injured that year. He was injured. And the other thing is Walter Payton, I think, played 15 years with the Bears. I was going to go Walter Payton. Barry Sanders, if you think about this, this was crazy. So Walter Payton, I think, had 15 years. Barry Sanders only played nine with with Detroit. So he really should have been the GOAT, right? I mean, he is the GOAT, in my opinion, but he should have had the most yards. I was going to go Walter. The Eric Dickerson died? What are you talking about? (laughs) No. Are you talking about You think Eric Dickerson is the GOAT? I'll take Barry Sanders any day. No, I'm not saying GOAT, GOAT, but you just said that a little too confident. I was like, damn. Nah, I'll take Barry Sanders over anybody. That man had no offensive line ever in his career. Um, he really did, you know. God damn it. Oh, he did. So that's why the biggest argument I hate is uh, Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders. Because if you put Barry Sanders on those uh, Cowboy teams, that man would have averaged 2,000. Barry putting up 30K. Yeah. He would have been 2,000 a year. All right. So then uh, for the last question, we got touchdown receptions. So who has the most touchdown receptions in all of NFC North history? So your choices are. Uh, Ken Cavanaugh with the Chicago Bears, Calvin Johnson with the Detroit Lions, Don Hudson with the Green Bay Packers, 
for Chris Carter with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Marquise, I'll let you go first. Touch and most touchdowns and receptions? No, most touchdowns ever. Most touchdown receptions. I know between my two that I want to go with, but I don't know which one I had the most. All right. So, Marquise, uh, I'm going to let you go first. Terrence went first last time. Uh, Ken Cavanaugh, Calvin Johnson, Don Hudson, or Chris Carter? I don't know the first one, so I'm going to go. Some tells me in a- NFC North history. Oh, shit. It's no, it's no way it's Calvin. Calvin hung it up too early. Calvin's an animal, but there's no... I'm going to go uh, Chris Carter. I feel like that's a wild card. Okay. Terrence, who you got? I was going to say Chris Carter, but I'm going to go somebody else. I, I was going to go either Chris Carter or Calvin, honestly. All right, pick one. I'm going Calvin because he went Chris Carter. Man, Terrence, I feel so bad for you tonight, man, because it's Chris Carter. <laughs> the 110 receptions. <laughs> That boy got I'm this signing skunk. Hey, listen, when y'all see me uh, just go, don't even worry about it. Yeah, no, that boy got this skunk. Hey, nice. Terrence, you literally had every pick and then just picked against <laughs> I'm so sorry, bro. Hey, I'm like, oh you know, God. after we did that last week, I don't care if we got the same pick. I'm picking whatever <laughs> I want. <was gonna> <laughs> hey, yo, the same thing happened to Marquise last week. He said, I don't care. I'm picking the same one. Hey, but Terrence, I, I, I respect your sportsmanship, Terrence, because you literally were like, yeah, I got – yeah, I got uh, Rizzo <laughs> Dent, but I'll go John Randall. Yeah, I got Walter Payton, too, but I'll go Barry Sanders. <laughs> I'll go so no, Barry was the only one that he just went. No, because, he, yeah, he picked straight up because that was the one he had. But, yeah. Oh, um, that boy got that dog skunk on him today. Dang, that's probably the worst. I think that's the worst one we've had in overtime. Hey, nigga, you going to get it next week. <laughs> oh, no. You ain't even, even get a gentleman's suite, boy. Bro, I gave you respect the whole time. I told you I respect your husband. Right, you're right, you're right. You right. My bad. Every time. My bad. Oh, I, I got to wait for my rematch. I'm going to be training my mind. <laughs> boy, you need to train them legs for this mind All right. challenge. All right, so yeah. we had a good week uh, this week with uh, me, Marquise, and Terrence, uh, NFC North. Um, we're going to wrap it up. You know, we like to keep something positive as we end the night. Uh, Marquise has our word of the day. Uh, Marquise, I'll let you take over from here. All right, so I just got some news, like a little short recap We did uh, before I get into the word of the day. We did the bottle challenge. Nick over here, dog walking us a little bit. He broke the seven-minute mark. He's at 654. Terrence ain't ran a day in his life yet, so we don't know what's happening there. Man, I, I told you what it was. Hey, all right. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so we did I that. I did, I, a, I did a 725. Hey, FYI, Nick on the treadmill, but he has busted the time. So that is Hey, nice. work harder, not smarter, folks. We got to do that. That is, that is very true. And then uh, – Another thing is next week we're gonna have Steve Fisher from the Ball Hawks podcast. He's gonna be our special guest. He does Ball Hawks with his boy uh, Chris Phillips. We couldn't get both on the show because then we had five people on here talking, rambling about the AFC North. And uh, fun fact: Steve is a, Fal- a Ravens fan, so it's gonna be amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, another thing is we got Father's Day coming up, so you know. Happy early Father's Day to Terrence. He's a dad. Hey, Terrence, shout out, man. One, Me and one of the best. Kids, yeah, I got. Good. I'm a dog dad, but Terrence, one I'm of the best dads. Dad. I got a, I got, uh, I got cat dad, bro. You're tripping. This <laughs> every day, every week, Nick, Nick, do something that make me think about kicking him off for the ball. Hey, 
Hey, we're not gonna disrespect my cats, bro. I, bro, I got two balling ass cats. We're not disrespect my cats. All right, so. But we like to give a shout out to the fathers for Father's Day. You know, we'll give you another shout out next week too. But the ones that, you know, grind hard, you know, don't get their flowers. We give we want to give them to you. Even the ones that ain't here, we want to let y'all know, like, you know, thank y'all for what y'all did and setting these kids up. I'll, I'll give a little quick shout out to my dad. Uh, my dad's been been the GOAT since uh, day one. You know, I had some difficult upbringings. Um, he had an easy out, could have stepped out of my life, no questions asked, and uh, had an easy one. He stayed in my life. Another fun fact for the uh, NFL podcast that we do, his name is Bart, and he was named after Bart Starr, the first quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers. That's that a true fact. My, my grandfather is a huge Packers fan, love Bart Starr, named him after Bart Starr. So I love you, Dad. If you get to watch this, um, we want to shout you out on the show tonight. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout out to just those dads that are like, that are father figures, you know, they might not actually be your dad, but like, I want to say my grandparents, bro, or my grandpa, he passed, but that man, uh, dad, you know, he hated when we called him Bobo, but that man was like, dad, I mean, you know, my dad was around, but me and my dad aren't always like, see eye to eye, but he, he, my dad's there, you know, like I get to see him, you know, he's helped me, but Bobo, dad, like that man taught me life lessons that I'm forever grateful. I'm sure he done taught Terrence on too. Like that man, damn near, oh, no. he everybody's dad. You know what I'm saying? Like no. he, ain't, he ain't not like show nobody love, you know? And I miss that man. That's, you know, a lot of people, there's some good dads in heaven, you know, like a lot of them. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, also, give a shout out to my granddad. Big Dave. Uncle David, boy. <laughs> Uncle Dave. Um, I'm, you already know, uh, he was my dad, my father figure growing up. So, you know, he's done a lot for me in my life means, you know, so much to me. So definitely want to give a shout out to him. And then also the, uh, not the stepdads, the, the dads that stepped up, right? Uh, all you out there who might not be biological fathers, but stepped into a situation where you didn't have to take over, um, fatherly duties, but understood that these kids needed something and some guidance, you know, we love you too. Yeah, I, I, I'm letting y'all know. I take that dad, that dad shit serious, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, ain't none of my friends around here being no bad dads, bro. They might be a bad <laughs> spouse or a bad, like, boyfriend, but hey, that's their business. Yeah. I, I ain't letting them be no bad dad. Like, if Terrence start being a bad dad, oh, it's up. <laughs> bro, there's, there ain't no way. Like, you know, it's, it's important, you know, it's important that these young men, like, have that father figure. You know, you can tell yeah. when somebody didn't have their father around like you know yeah. like there's things they didn't get to do like you know i ain't never really worked on my car with my my pops like you know my roommate he he bro he him and his dad to this day can get get in the garage and go work or something they'll just do it together you know and to me that's like cool you know so but you know it's important for you know us as men um to you know hold help hold each other accountable like at the end of the day you know especially with stuff whether it's marriage and children and things like that you know it's definitely important for us to be able to you know speak with each other maybe about differences and, you know be able to open up but as well as hold each other accountable like if i'm wrong keith i want you to tell me i'm wrong nick i want you to tell me if i'm wrong so yeah i feel like it's important for us as men to be able to you know put that pride to the side and just you know we don't even it's not even about being sensitive it's just about holding each other accountable being and men yeah that's yeah that's real love you know it and it doesn't have to be about being sensitive or being acting like a female. It's just, you know, 
Boy, don't hey, it ain't no macho shit, but you gotta get emotional yeah. to get your point across something, do it. But you know, don't let your man's not be taking care of their kids, bro. Like that is kids to me is like the ultimate, like, you know, responsibility. You know, like Nick said, sure. his dad, like Nick, Nick brought up the point, his dad could have just, you know, just did the dash and he didn't, bro. And you got Nick over there, he he's forever grateful for that, you know. And the them dads that just helped you out, them coaches that you know play the dad, you know. If you don't think yeah, about coaches, it, bro, yeah, coaches, them coaches that play the dad, bro, like Coach D, yeah. man, I ain't tell you how many times I wanted to get into it, that man, but that man, like, just looked out. And I'll just... give a shout out to other, two other men in my life. Uh, coach Butler, my uh, basketball coach growing up, you know, uh, as questionable as I thought a lot of things that he said, you know, he really did have all of our best interests. And then my uncle, so I grew up with my aunt and uncle, and, you know, my uncle didn't he wasn't even my blood uncle, you know, he was through marriage and uh, did a lot for me growing up. So another five figure I was lucky to have in my life. It's just, you really see it like as you get older, how much like father figures, even different figures like took played a part, you know, they might not was your dad, but like they yeah. gave, they felt like they was your dad or like they, you just had they that. They felt connect. like they had to take some kind of role in your life. And I'll yeah. And they, and they yeah. took that role. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it, it's sure. crazy. Everybody that I consider a dad that, you know, still alive and breathing, like I can hit their line. Hey, <laughs> I, I got a problem, bro. I need, I need something to, to, you know, bounce off your ear. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that's the biggest respect thing. And, you know, we just want to throw y'all, y'all flowers, all y'all dads out there. Happy Father's For Day. Sure. Happy, hey, hey, all y'all animals, people that got animals, happy uh, cat, dog day, uh, Nick, <laughs> happy dog, dad's day to me, because, you know. We're not going to disrespect cats today. My boy Monty. I did, like, I, I did, bro. I did, I gave, I gave you a happy Father's Day, okay? I didn't, you know, I ain't a cat person. I think people like cats are a little weird, but, you know, that's another topic for another day. Oh, anyway, we're going to get into this word of the day. We did this. You're going to respect my cat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Might turn a cat into a cat dog, you heard? Anyway, <laughs> the, the word of the day is opportunity. It's a noun by definition, it's a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. Hey, in life, you're going to get plenty of opportunities. And you might not actually get plenty, but you got to realize when you get opportunities to take advantage of them. You know, uh, Terrence might get 10 opportunities. Nick might only get two, you know, but it's the the fact of seizing those moments of those opportunities you get. So it's that. And then also, uh, ooh, let me show it's once you get those opportunity, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Always be prepared, bro. Like there's so much, there's so much in life that, you know, it don't go as you expect. So you got to make sure you might get that opportunity, but it might not shake how you think plan is only good enough to kick the door in, bro. Once you get inside, a whole bunch of shit can be going on. And your plan yeah. was only good enough to get you in the door. You, you look and you like, damn, I'm in the door, but what? Like, you know, so proper performance prevents poor preparation. Or, yeah, I said that right. I feel like uh, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Just throw a little bit of extra topping on there. I feel like, you know, like you said, you know, you, you got to put yourself in place for the opportunity. So, you know, there's a grind that goes to it as well. And it's more than just, you know, a handout. So, you know, if you want something, you gotta go out there and get it and, you know, put yourself in that position to get the opportunity. So I feel like, like you say, that's a, a big part of actually getting the opportunity as well. So the grind don't stop. Hey, three and oldest. Woo! <laughs> I'm coming for that mile time next week, Nate. Woo! -hoo -hoo! 
I'll run, I'll run out of track. I'll try to find one that run out. Hey, I ain't gonna press you. You already on the treadmill. Don't worry about it. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I hit that 550, I don't want to hear nothing. That boy oh, you got it. Hey, he five, hit 550. He got it for sure. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Nick. That's uh, that's it for me. All right. Well, so we're going to wrap it up tonight. You know, it's cover four with the guys. NFC North. Uh, next week, we'll be doing the AFC North. Uh, we got a special guest. Shout out to uh, Terrence. Shout out to Marquise. Co-host tonight. I'm Nick. Y'all have a good night, okay? Later.